1: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on BCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: We begin our number three Betting Across America. Dave Ross West Reynolds, right here from Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Uh, and, you know, you look up and all of a sudden Memphis, they were getting rolled. It's now 47-41 with under 11 minutes to go here in regulation. Houston
2: has a problem that Ooh. Memphis hasn't packed up their tent and said, okay, you know, let's save ourselves for Thursday or Friday. Whenever we're playing, Houston gets a bucket there. 49-41 to 41 right now. Ten minutes left to go. Still kind of in striking distance, I guess, if you if you bet the over here. Right now at BetMGM, Houston minus 11.5, 130.5 on the total. But Memphis uh, starting to get to the bucket mm-hmm. a little bit. Look, uh, if you're not making threes, get it inside and get fouled. And that's exactly what Memphis is electing to do. Use your athleticism because Houston, who is a really athletic team, even though they're shorthanded from what I saw earlier in the season, this is a team that you can, you know – they're not going to out-athlete Memphis. And I don't think athlete for athlete, they can, they can really guard this team in terms of a man-to-man. Memphis still hadn't made a three all day today, 0 of 7. Wow. And the difference really in this game, an eight-point lead, Houston 7-19. Memphis absolutely nothing right now in terms of three-point shooting. But the rebounds, the hustle plays, Memphis finds themselves right back in the game.
3: You know, one of the coolest things about being here at Circus Sportsbook is you can actually hear behind us, even though we've got the 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 – it's almost like the Jim Carrey mm-hmm. glass and Pet de- Pet Detective. You're not supposed to be able they, to hear a thing. You can still hear them when there's a, something big happens.
2: We don't have a door behind us though, where you can go. <laughs>
3: ah! Can't ah! do that. But we did hear a roar, and I look up. Iowa just went bang, bang, back-to-back back threes to break a 51-all tie, and now 57-51. Eight minutes to go in regulation. This is a battle for the Big Ten championship. And right now, it is absolutely a battle.
2: Yeah, Iowa right now, minus five and a half, minus a buck five at BetMGM, 141 and a half the total. So this has gone down. I didn't really advise taking that second half over because now all of a sudden they realize, hey, y'all, this is a Big Ten it's championship. Neither of us won in the regular season. That was, of course, shared by Wisconsin and Illinois. So look, I think that this is important. I think, you know, to take some hardware back and say, hey, we accomplished something. Because it might not matter to kids right now, but 20 years from now, when they bring you back for a reunion, you're bringing back your spouse and your kid, potentially your grandkids or whatnot. Big 10 champions. Absolutely. And you're always honored. And there's a banner always like, I was on that team and your pictures in like the little hall in the facility. So that absolutely matters here. And we're going to hit the under eight minute timeout, Iowa, 57 to 51.
3: You know, look up at Sawgrass in the third round, yes, third round of the Players' Championship. again some nice Saturday morning golf casual. on a mid-Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's interesting because you look, look Sam Burns is a class player for people that follow golf. We get it. Tom Hoagie is a winner on the PGA Tour this year. They're tied there at seven under par. But I'm starting to see names. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a Players' Championship, the fifth major, I put in air quotes, you want to see some names. JT, Justin Thomas. He's starting to grind out there. He's 500-par, just two off the lead. Sergio Garcia, former champion here, he's 500-par, two off the lead, of course, won a Masters. Tommy Fleetwood, one of those best players not never to win a major, he's 500-par, two off the lead. It's starting to round into, yeah. with the exception of some of the names we thought might be there, but the field is so
2: deep. Do you think it's going to be a class player at the end of this thing that survives it? Uh, who knows, because the Players' Championship, I mentioned it's – known for its unpredictability so you'll get guys up there that you don't normally see up there. to be like top five or right in the mix for this. And Justin Thomas, you did mention, I actually did bet him last year. He won last year at 22, to but 1. nobody's ever gone back to back. No, And that's one of the reasons I didn't bet him uh, this year. Honestly, no, not, not tiger woods, not Jack Nicklaus. I mean, Jack Nicklaus, I believe was the first to win the players championship back in 1974. None of these great players. The Fred couples is that have ever won this thing. have ever gone back to back. So I thought, eh, you know, maybe Justin Thomas, and mm. I do have a ticket on him for the, masters here in a few weeks so I thought okay maybe he's him and Bones Makai new caddy yeah. long time bagman for Phil Mickelson that they were going to peak at that point and it looks like they're peaking early here as John Rahm uh, misses a long Ooh. par putt so he will drop the two under bar but great players are never out of it so look this guy can go on a three or four birdie stretch of birdie holes and get right back into it but Burns and Hoagie still yet to tee off currently your leaders
3: and nothing wrong with a Monday finish Right, because we're no. going to be—we can't but, wait for but Tuesday but basketball. Let's
2: do, let's do a Monday finish, shall we? <laughs> it's going to be don't a, drag please, this please into don't Tuesday. It, don't
3: be a Tuesday finish. All right, so it looks like they should be able to just have a really long day of golf. And before you you go in there and pick your futures winner overnight, remember it's going to be a long day of golf. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be a grind out there. Here's for the a players.
2: stat that I just found interesting. Before we get back to the college basketball, mm-hmm. most 36-hole co-leads or leads on the PGA Tour since the beginning of 2020. Sam Burns. Wow. Not John Rahm, not Dander Schauffele, not Rory McIlroy, not Justin Thomas. Sam Burns has had six uh, halfway point leads, and he shares it with Tom Hoagie.
3: All right, so let's we'll see if he can finish. Uh, I want to stay over the weekend. Tomorrow. It's going to be a long day of golf tomorrow. We're talking about some of the top seeds. We believe Baylor might be that fourth number one seed when it's made official here in a couple of hours. And, quote, unquote, the weakest of the one seeds. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's really, this is not a knock on the defending reigning national champions.
2: Yeah, the weakest of the one seed seems so like bad, but it's like they're still going to get a one seed because these teams behind them, Kentucky, maybe if Kentucky would have made the SEC final today, they might have been able to pass Baylor, but look, Baylor was a shared regular season champion of the best conference in America, mm-hmm. and they're 26 and six. I know they had that early exit in the quarters against Oklahoma on Thursday, but this is still a very good team. Now, they're a little vulnerable, and we talked about that earlier because of the injuries. Uh, Jonathan Chachmat. Choma I good. finally got it. That's why I call him JTT. I don't want to confuse him <laughs> with the kid from Home Improvement, right. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But JTT has been out, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And he is a difference maker down low in terms of rebounding as a shot blocker. But this is a Baylor team with some experience and still has a lot of athleticism.
3: I, I look at him, too, and I go, boy, you saw the number there to make the Final Four at plus 250. And we talked about Kentucky. We believe they're going to be in the same bracket. Mm -hmm. Kentucky almost cut it in half. So what does that tell you? That even though Baylor could be the one seed in the same region as Kentucky, we're giving
2: you two to one. That's why I said Kentucky minus two, two and a half. I think that would be the game. Uh, But you look at Baylor statistically as a profile, ninth nationally in offensive efficiency, 14th defensively. I actually think the defense is a strength of their team. They get a lot of offensive rebounds. I know that number drops a little bit with JTT out, but if you look at what Baylor has done this year, Keep in mind, and I know Villanova runs a pretty slow tempo they and they do. play some low scoring games. They help Villanova to 36 points, if you remember. because uh, I remember like when we were doing the Sunday Green Zone and we're all NFL, but we kind of had a little bit of an eye on that game because both those teams were top five teams at the time. Villanova had 0. .6 points per possession, which is putrid Oof. offensively that Baylor held them to. I think it was like 25 to 15 at halftime. They only get 36 points. so You look at what Baylor has done this year in terms of their quality wins. they beat VCU, they beat Michigan State, that 36-point uh, showing that they held Villanova to. They won at Oregon. They have big wins in the Big 12. They split with Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did get swept by Texas Tech. That's kind of the real blemish, I guess, on their record. But this team is still capable, and this team does have tournament toughness. They're the defending national champions. Now, I don't want to say I'm ruling them out, and I'm not ruling them out. I got to look at the bracket first when it comes out about an hour from now but probably I'm not going to have them in my final four.
3: Uh, very interesting when you look at another team that we have not really discussed here, and they were number one in the nation for a good, good old chunk of time. That's War Eagle, War Dam Eagle, Auburn, mm-hmm. Bruce Pearl. And we're seeing about 16 to one out there to cut down the nets. I saw a statistic, and they lost in the quarters of the SEC. Yes. No school since 1985 has lost in their own conference quarterfinal. Yes. And then gone on to win the national championship. That team would be that,
2: that applies. I believe it was Villanova. Wes Reynolds. That, that that applies, by the way, and I'm glad you brought that up because, of course, Baylor did lose, and also Auburn did lose, and Auburn's also not a team I don't like for the Final Four. Look at uh, when you look at this team. They're good defensively because one of the things that they do, Bruce Pearl has now brought the press back down there on the plane, down there in Auburn, Alabama. And one of the reasons he has brought that back is because you have two really good shot blockers down low. You have Walker Kessler, mm-hmm. the North Carolina transfer, mm-hmm. seven-footer, and you also have Jabari Smith, who's at least going to be a top five to ten lottery pick. He's going to be a one-and-done kid. Reminds you a little bit, if you remember the player Jonathan Bender? Yeah, yeah. real long guy, can long shoot threes, monkey. can take you to the basket. Not very strong. Like, if you look at his body type, but strong enough to go ahead and finish at the rim. But the problem right now, you're seeing for Auburn late in the season, they don't really have like a true point guard. And you can see if you can get this team into a half court game, they absolutely can get stagnant on offense. And Texas AM was able to do that on Friday, and that was that ride they knocked him out of the quarterfinals statistically you have superb profile because they don't give you a lot at the rim they're the number 1 shot blocking team in the country in terms of percentage of possessions they're also number 8 in adjusted defensive efficiency but one of the things about this auburn style and i know bruce pearl's taken this team to the final four before mm-hmm. i don't really love this herky jerky style in the NCAA tournament especially against a team that you can't out athlete Like, if you get a team that has the same level of athletes, like the first round or maybe two rounds, depending on the draw, they'll be able to out-athlete teams and whatnot. But I just don't really like this team, and they don't really shoot that well from the team as a three. I think they're 32%. That's 258th in the country. So... This is a team that I think that this is a team maybe that could get upset in the second round. Like a seven ten could maybe beat a 2 Auburn in the second round. Or they get beat in the Sweet 16. I'm not long for the Auburn Tigers. I'm selling them. Are they on the 2 or the 3 line for you? I think they're on the 2. I think they're probably, if you want to do it like the S-curve, which they'll explain on the bracket show, they're probably like the 7 seeds. So maybe they get put with Arizona in that San Antonio region is that two-seed at the bottom of the draw. All
3: right, we're getting closer and closer to the official selection Sunday. Of course, college basketball is in full swing, so grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all of your favorite games or if you stayed up late to see that intense OT game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize all day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. Flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and many more. There's a flavor literally for everyone. So get a 5-Hour Energy today. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the betting Network.
0: If you dare. Void were prohibited by law. See terms
3: and conditions. 18 plus. This
4: is betting across America on VCN, the sports betting network.
3: If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. And uh, very quickly, if you had Memphis plus four, you probably thought you were dead in the water. You have life. They have cut into this thing. And I believe a four-point game here as we come down to crunch time.
2: This uh, Memphis comeback is like uh, the old wrestling days down there. Our friend Jeff Jarrett would absolutely yeah. know this. When uh, Jerry the King Lawler would pull down that strap, he had that one-strap singlet. Pull down that other <laughs> strap, fire up. That's what Memphis is doing. Jalen Duran is uh, leading the charge for these guys. By the way, 51-47. to 47. Timeout on the floor from Houston. Memphis still has not hit a three today, so I think they finally realize... Hey, we've got really athletic guys driving the dish, getting the gaps of the zone, driving the lane and hit your guys and your cutters for a dunk. And that's what they did with Jalen Duren, 51 to 37 Houston, by the way, four and a half, 124 and a half. And I do like that Memphis is where in the old school, 1980s, uh, Larry Finch, Dana Kirk era, Memphis State. Baskerville Holmes. Yes. Uh, By
3: the way, uh, Iowa is leading Purdue 63-55, which makes Tim Murray very happy. He just came gallivanting in his studio. and just almost wrecked everything. Gallivanting, he just say. gallivanted right in here. He's got Iowa, so we're rooting for Tim Murray to catch that
2: Minus ticket. five and a half for the Hawkeyes right now. 63-55, under four-minute timeout in Indianapolis.
3: Speaking of D.C.'s finest, let's bring back to the program Chris Sheehan. Of course, you can follow him at The Big She Show. We miss Chris from having him on the Green Zone during NFL Sundays. Great to have you back on, my friend. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about March Madness here as we get ready. And look, I am really impressed with a boring basketball team. And that boring basketball team is is Villanova and they win the big East on Saturday night. And I know it's not sexy because they're not lighting up the offensive scoreboard here, but Chris, what do you make of, of the big East when you get to the second season and Villanova in specifics?
4: I absolutely love this Villanova Wildcats team for the fact that they're the number one free throw shooting team in the country. And that is just so important when we're coming down the stretch, especially to those of us who are, on them Saturday night against or (laughs) or Friday night, I should say, against UConn, just getting that cover there. But to me, you know, Gillespie is the kind of player that you absolutely want in March Madness. The veteran presence there can stroke it from three, and then if he needs a breather, you know, diacono can shoot it as well, too. And then it's Dixon, it's Daniels, it's Jay Wright having the veteran experience coaching. So, to me, Villanova alongside Illinois, who I know didn't win the Big Ten, but I just think their depth as low, uh, well as Arizona, those are the three teams that I'm eyeing up that as far as the futures market is concerned here. But, yeah, absolutely love what Villanova did this season and, you know, getting through injuries and uh, persevering, getting the win in the Big
2: East tournament. Dave, you forced Chris to talk about Villanova when he's got the Seton Hall I know, I Pirates shirt on. I he, about that. Christian is all in, all in, I guess <laughs> that's the hashtag all with in. the Seton Hall Pirates. Uh, Chris, what are you expecting, like an 8-9 seed for Seton Hall?
4: Oh, I keep telling my wife they're gonna get the eight-nine game against Davidson. I know it, and Davidson <laughs> out from beyond the arc like they did Saturday against. Um, I'm drawing a blank here, but I was on the wrong side of that ticket there as well. <laughs> but yeah, just I just think this Davidson team is really gonna be strong here. As far as Seton Hall is concerned ike Biagu gets more blocks than he does points they have learned how to play without bryce aiken so that has certainly been advantageous for them here but like miles kale yes he's the veteran player but is he good enough from beyond the arc i don't really know necessarily jackson has to catch fire here as well too so they have the guys i think but it comes down to, can you shoot the three-pointer well? And that's what separates the great teams from the good teams in March Madness. And I'm not so sure Seton Hall does that well
2: enough. So, Chris, you mentioned Davidson, uh, who did lose in the Atlantic 10 tournament. and Richmond stole somebody's build or bid, rather. so I'm going to ask you to play bracketologist. I'm going to ask you to play Lenardi or DeCorsi or the million bracketologists out there. Who do you think got their bid stolen by the uh, Richmond Spiders this afternoon?
4: Um it can't be Rutgers to me. I think that they just have too strong of a home record and I know we all say that but like the wins that they had were not against the slouches of the Big 10. It came against teams like Purdue and Iowa. So I don't think you can exclude Rutgers here. What is this conversation about Xavier? How right. are they even I don't know. Like, they haven't performed well for months here. I understand they Beat Ohio State earlier on in the year, and I have to backtrack a little bit. It was St. Louis who Davidson played yesterday. Um, I liked St. Louis for a little bit, I couldn't touch that one. But anyway, when it comes to teams that were bounced or that could potentially be bounced, I think they include Michigan. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Is there a brand name recognition to it? Mm-hmm. They play tough schedule early on, losing to a team like Seton Hall. So like. I'm going to go with Xavier right now, even if that's kind of a chalk answer.
2: And and Chris mentioned Michigan, Dave. And I wonder how the committee is going to treat that. We have seen that before, like with an injury, especially when you have a key player injured, that they, you know, sometimes they have to account for that, and that might deduct your seed, or maybe you get the benefit of the doubt. Do they treat a coach with the same situation? Of course, Dewan Howard with that five-game suspension.
3: Talking with Chris Sheehan, host of By the Book Show. And Chris, let's stay in the 810 and talk a little bit more about Richmond, because I wonder now... When you run the gamut, look, I'm a VCU alum. They ended our season and our hopes, right? Then they did the same thing to Dayton. Now, obviously, Davidson, they're going to get an at-large bid. Would you look to fade Richmond with whomever their first-round matchup is after running the gauntlet just to get to the NCAA tournament?
4: Well, fellas, I was watching this Richmond team poolside down here in Florida today. I had my boy put in a ticket for Davidson in Pennsylvania, so a loser there. So, yeah, um, I I was very much impressed with this Richmond team watching them. Gillyard somebody who the all-time steals leader, can't discount him. Grant Golden, the senior out of Winchester, Virginia, has the presence down low to play well. Burton was Driving the lane, to making layups here. So Richmond is not a team I would want to fade. They had a couple of losses mid-season that I thought might have been questionable, but listen, you get through the Atlantic Ten tournament, which is a big conference here. We're not talking about the Big Twelve, which is really the big what was it like Big Eight, Nine this year with right. the exclusion of Ohio State. No, they played all the way into Sunday, beating a Davidson team that going back to that St. Louis game. I mean, they're outside shooting presence there and then you know Brockovich Aaron Brockovich or however he pronounce his first name. <laughs> the, um, that Davidson team I thought he was going to take over down low and I think the one thing that would concern me about Richmond I don't know that they have necessarily the best three point shooters that is something I'm looking for when I'm trying to find a team that's going to go far but they have veterans who can get it done here so um I, I think they can win you know definitely their first round game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, again, I think we we all believe that the 4-1 seeds are going to be Gonzaga, uh, Arizona, Kansas, and then Baylor probably getting that fourth number one. If I gave you the opportunity to take the 4-1 seeds or the rest of the entire field to cut down the nets, which way would you go? Do you think that the 1 seeds here, would you stay with the chalk? Or do you think we're going to get uh, – we get upsets, but really we don't get them late in the tournament here to ultimately cut down the net. <sighs>
4: That's such a good question. I really like Arizona here, but I'm going to stick with the rest of the field because Illinois and their depth, Kofi Coburn down low. I mean, Curbelo coming off the bench. Wasn't this guy supposed to be like one of their major starters here, but he's kind of carved out a role here too. I know they kind of run into some issues, um, but I still like Illinois' overall. Basically, if Plummer starts shooting awful too, I mean, that's just another guy that needs to do better from three-point land at Illinois. But if he catches fire, This is a team I would not want to face here. Now, as far as another one is concerned, Texas Tech, too, guys. I mean, love teams that have depth, and they seem to have a different leading scorer every single night. If you need a big guy, it's Bryson Williams down below. Terrence Shannon Jr. has really come on as of late. He was kind of bad on injury in the middle of the year here. Sometimes it's Adonis Arms. Um, I I just really like what Mark Adams has done there as a program, keeping all those guys together when Beard left and they've had big time wins. The only problem for Texas tech, they're not playing games in Lubbock anymore where they were outstanding, but I would still go with the
3: field. Yeah. It's it's a really tough field to handicap because again, we all get how good Gonzaga and Arizona are. Then we really kind of have that demarcation line for the rest of them uh, to figure out how this tournament's going to play out. Hey, Chris, always great to talk to you, man. Uh, Go hall. And, uh, Keep holding the faith there. We'll catch up with you again soon.
4: Love uh joining you guys on the program. Thanks for having me. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank there you, Chris. He is,
3: Chris Gianna. follow him on Twitter as I do at the Big She Show. Ooh. I thought Tim Murray wasn't going to have to sweat it out when he came gallivanting in here. He might have to sweat it out. Iowa, right now, holding on to a 67 62 lead, under two minutes to go in regulation. Purdue, though, just missed the front end, so good news there.
2: Yeah, uh, Tim G- Murray. Jerry Palm is pulling his bangs out watching this Purdue defense, according to our buddy Razor Rosenthal, a regular viewer at this program. Good shot, Jerry Palm.
3: Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: This is Betting Across America on
2: vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Get an early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full-court bracket betting coverage. Coming up next, top of the hour, 6 p.m. Eastern, six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. Our VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray, they're going to analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the very best early value. So don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with a VEASAN. College Hoops experts coming up next, 6 p.m. Eastern, top of the hour, free on VEASAN.com. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. You look up in the Houston-Memphis game, and you see a body going flying through the night, and all of a sudden you thought, oh, no, this thing's going to get chippy. Hard foul against Memphis against uh, Houston right now. It's got a 10-point lead. Looking like they're going to salt this thing away. That's just what you do not want to see for two teams getting ready to go into the NCAA tournament and possibly have an injury. No, it looks like everybody's good. We're shaking hands. We're hugging it out. So I don't think we're gonna have any craziness here, but <laughs> the final two minutes might get a little chippy. Let's hope nothing else yeah. ensues. Yeah,
2: and uh, and going over to Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin say, Sampson, hey. say, hey man, I get it, man. We're battling and whatnot. So good that cooler heads prevail down here in Fort Worth for the American Championship. Now 64 to 53, Houston pulling away. Two ten left to go. Uh, Houston uh, looks like they're gonna cover this number, mm-hmm. barring a, Mer- a Memphis three point barrage. And uh, That's how not many what they do? How many threes has Memphis hit today, Dave? I'm going to guess one. They now have hit 1-3. They are one of nine on the afternoon, and that's why Houston's been employing this zone, which Calvin Sampson doesn't often like to do, more of a man coach. So 65-53, uh, to 53, Houston was laying three and a half at the close of business at BetMGM, 133-1 on the total. If you got the over, you're going to need foul fest time here. And I don't know if it's a double-digit game We've got an NCAA tournament to play for, right. fellas. This game is over. Maybe discretion, a better part of valor. But Memphis is going to have to hit some shots if you're going to get the foul fest.
3: And uh, very quickly, Iowa is uh, starting to do the parade to the foul line here. They've got an eight-point lead, 70-62, to 62, with a minute to go in regulation. Uh, and, again, this would be very impressive for Fr- Fran McCaffrey yeah. and company if they can hold well, on Well,
2: Iowa's here. been the hot team. They were really the in vogue team, I think, on the futures market going into the Big Ten tournament. So, Time out on the floor, Purdue gets a bucket 70 to 64. About a minute left to go here. Uh, we'll see if Purdue stays on that two line. Yeah. I think that they are. I'm not sure if they're going to drop maybe Tennessee being that they won the SEC to Uh, today could get that final two seed. I still think Purdue's going to end up on that two line. More than likely, Iowa winning the Big Ten, that probably put them up to a protected seed, maybe a four seed now.
3: Let's talk a little bit more about some of these teams that we think are going to be on those two and three lines here. And let's start with Purdue, with Boiler Up, because, again, early in the year, I I think a lot of people really liked them. And then you watch the defense, or lack thereof, and you went, Mm -hmm. oh, boy, is the defense good enough to potentially make a title run? When you look at them now, and it looks like they might come up a little bit short here, 14-1 14 to 1 to cut down the nets. And again, you get 3 to 1 here to make it to the final four. What do you make of what Matt
2: Painter has? Yeah. And Purdue, by the way, after the last year's national championship game, that was the first future I made because I thought it's going right. to drop because everybody was coming back. 25 to 1. Look, that was a hell of a number. And mm-hmm. at one point, they were number one in the country. Remember, they beat North Carolina and Villanova on back to back days at that tournament up in Connecticut and looked really good. And then Rutgers knocked them off on December 9th. And then. All of a sudden, you started to see some issues, and Purdue's been a very good team. And, and, and look, I think they're very capable. They're the number one offensive efficiency team for a reason. However, you mentioned the defense, and we kind of saw it last night. If you were watching that Southland championship game, mm-hmm. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi advanced, and they're going to go dancing out of the Southland conference for the automatic bid. Steve Lutz, a first-year head coach there. Lutz, by the way, was the defensive coordinator for the Purdue staff under Matt Painter, been on the Purdue staff up in West Lafayette the last five years. And boy, do they miss him. And you really see it materialize with Purdue. Even though they've played a little bit better defensively of late, but this is not a team that really engages in a lot of ball pressure and they don't turn you over a lot. I think only uh, 14.3% of the time. That's one of the bottom like 10 to 15 in all of college basketball out of 358 teams. And the reason why they don't do it is because they don't have guys in guard off the bounce like if you look at there's a trade off like you look at Eric Hunter, Sasha Stefanovic, both very good guards in terms of shooters. You need these guys on the floor to shoot 3s. These guys are both well over 40% three point shooters, but that's the trade off. They're going to make those shots for you and they're going to make those corner and wing threes for you but they cannot guard you off the dribble. And if you're a dynamic point guard, you go right at these guys and, and, you know, force the guys in the middle, Zach, Edie, Travion Williams. If you're driving there and they can't block your shot, they're going to foul you. So that's what you worry about with Purdue. Uh, Purdue's going to be, I think more draw dependent. Look, I got a good number. You've never seen that 25-to-1, obviously, again, and that's kind of what you do when you're playing like a speculative futures market. This is a team that can get hot shooting. They're the number three three three-point shooting team in the country. 39.5% didn't get hot enough today. Iowa, up 10, 20 seconds left to go, so the Hawkeye's going to be your Big Ten champions.
3: There it is. And again, uh, Tim Murray and company, they're going to take over the top of the hour, so Tim had Iowa today to win this Big Ten tournament. They're going to do that here, up 10 with 20 seconds to go. Let's talk about Iowa. 35-to-1 is what I'm seeing here. And again, it's the same, it's kind of the same refrain as we talk a, bit, a little bit about Purdue. Mm-hmm. If you had to take a quote unquote longer shot, To come out of this conference and make a Final Four run. What do you make of Iowa? Does this change your perception now that they're going to win this conference
2: championship? I have to be impressed because I kind of have to go on what I've seen recently. And then kind of commingle that with what I've seen out of Iowa for like 10 or 15 years. (laughs) And what I've seen out of Iowa for 10 or 15 years. Even though the defense has kind of incrementally improved. This is still not a team. That's gonna like shut you down defensively. They're gonna pretty much let you run what you wanna run in the half court. Now, one thing Fran McCaffrey likes to do, he'll incorporate some traps, maybe Mm -hmm. some little presses, because he wants to force turnovers. And Iowa's the best in the Big Ten at doing that. Because they're so good in transition. They run good stuff. They have really good floor spacing, and they've got guys that can shoot the basketball. This is a team 37% from three-point range, 29th best in all of college basketball. They take care of the basketball. They don't turn it over. I think the third least in, in, in all of college basketball, really. The offensive efficiency, and boy, this is amazing, too. Now that I look wow. at it, I'm looking at these rankings. Purdue, I said, was number one offensive efficiency. Iowa number two. So what happens? Everybody bets the over. This under. goes under the total of uh, 152. It opened, I think, like 148. So that's a, that's a big move pretty big. for the final day of, uh, of the uh, postseason conference tournaments, and this goes easily under the total. 75-66, to 66, your final score. Iowa wins in Indianapolis, but I think Iowa, it's a little bit draw dependent for these guys because I think that they have the offensive firepower to compete, but one of the things that you saw, and I think you saw it in the tournament, uh, you know, actually in the regular season Mm -hmm. last year when they faced Gonzaga, like they could score a lot of points on Gonzaga, but then they eventually get kind of out-athleted, and that's what you worry about with an Iowa. Now, maybe they get a good draw on the four line there, or or they get a vulnerable number one seed if they could advance to the Sweet 16, but... This Iowa team, they're just not a team that really guards that well in the half court. And you saw it against Indiana yesterday. Trace Jackson Davis pretty much got everything he wanted at the rim. And Trace is not a guy that really finishes over length very well. So when you get a guy down low that can really finish over length, Iowa could be in big trouble.
3: And by the way, congratulations to the Houston Cougars. They are the AAC champions as they officially knock off Memphis. And that game also goes under the posted total Houston easily covers that number. So celebrations right now for Iowa and for Houston. And now it is over the regular season and tournament season is now over, and now we really start in earnest to break down these brackets Houston,
2: Houston probably on the four line, you would think, uh, in one of those with this championship win. I think Memphis, more than likely, like in an 8-9 game, maybe a 10 seed somewhere, but could be very dangerous because there aren't five teams in this draw that you're going to see in about uh, 25, 30 minutes that can out-athlete the Memphis Tigers.
3: No, 71-53 is the final there. Uh, so again, Houston easily gets that 18-point victory. Again, you know, when you play on a Sunday, and and again, we knew these teams were in. Certainly, in the last two two games of the day here in these conference finals, you would hope that they're probably not going to play till a Friday. Mm-hmm. You would think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get those weird draws where you do have to play on a Thursday. Does that factor into the handicapping at all? It
2: could be because I think. Look, you, we've seen it work both ways. Remember the uh, the UConn team. That had like the five games in five Kemba days and Walker. ran it all the way. Cardiac Kemba the and they man. ran it all the way to the national championship. But some of these teams, though, that did have to play a lot of these games, and I don't want to throw uh, water on on your hokies here, but they might be a team depending on who they match up with because everything is matchup defendant. We always sure. say we'll say it all week. Styles make fights, but Virginia Tech might be one of those teams that. Are they satisfied that they got in the NCAA tournament when they didn't think they were going to? They were ACC champion. They beat Duke twice this year. Look, that doesn't mean they're going to roll over and not play hard, but how satisfied are they? And they might be a team that, you know, might have a little bit of an energy issue out of the gate that I might be looking to go against in round one.
3: And I wonder if the same could be said about the Richmond Spiders. Great run to win the Atlantic 10 Mm -hmm. today. And knockoff Davidson. Because that
2: group of seniors that got their bid basically taken away because of COVID-19 two years ago, mm-hmm. now you finally got that sense of accomplishment, Dave. Every team has different goals here. Look, I know the proverbial, hey, anybody can win it and whatnot, but there's about... 10, 12 teams that can win it. Different teams have different goals. It might be to win a game or just to make the field of 60.
3: All right, so Iowa officially your Big Ten champions and Houston is officially your AAC champions. Again, Tim and company are going to be coming up at the top of the hour. Cannot wait for the bracket reveal and then start to look at those early numbers. Come on back. We'll put a bow and wrap up this edition of Betting Across America right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
1: Zumo Play.
3: This is betting across America on VCN, the sports
4: betting network.
3: Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you bet with BetMGM in. So once your friend signs up, makes the deposit, they're going to receive a $50 bonus. Once your friend places a bet with the bonus and the wager is settled, you're going to get a $50 bonus as well. So share the excitement of BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now in which all will site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi. And... And Nevada, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are wrapping up betting across America before at the top of the hour, we begin our bracket coverage. It's going to be great to Murray and company standing by Wes. It's been a, an exciting day. Uh, look, we don't have a ton of games on a Sunday, mm-hmm. but again, Fran McCaffrey company, yeah. Iowa, they wrap up the big 10 and the AAC goes to Houston.
2: Yeah. Iowa, Houston, Tennessee, and, uh, and uh, Richmond mm-hmm. and also Yale punched their tickets at large bids. And by the way, I'm glad you brought that up to recap the day. All five of the games did go under today. And nothing, you know, something to keep in mind. Obviously, we're going to get into the bracket, but we want to be educational here. Something to keep in mind for the following year with conference tournaments. 50s over 57% under in conference championship games since 2005. Unders were about 54% versus the closing number the last seven days. So keep that in mind. Now, eventually water kind of finds its level and maybe a trend eventually stops. But if you looked at the screen this week, and you'll probably see it for the NCAA tournament as well. If you looked at the different markets, unders get bet on the opener. So if you want to bet overs, wait. Wait. Because a lot of these totals that are going to get posted later tonight, once we we have the matchups, a lot of these totals are going to get bet under earlier in the week. And, also, if you did miss the number on the under, maybe wait on that because we're going to get a lot of casual and new betters in town. First time I've been to Vegas for March Madness. And what do they want to see? They don't want to see. They, want points. they don't want to see like a Creighton Villanova last night, 54 to 48, the final in the Big East tournament in Madison Square Garden. They want to see points. So if you miss the number on the under in terms of the openers, wait a bit because it might get at least close to where you could have gotten it on the openers. But I think by and large on these totals, there'll be a couple notable exceptions depending on the matchups. You're going to see these unders get hit. So keep that in mind.
3: I think it's a great point. And again, we cannot wait top of the hour. We're going to have our live coverage beginning then for selection Sunday. Let's talk about Tennessee. Now that they did win the sec. And again, I think a lot of people thought maybe that'd be Kentucky or Auburn before the week began. No, it's the balls of Tennessee that get it done. When you look at Tennessee coming out of the SEC, and you can make the case, maybe one of the top two conferences in all of college basketball mm-hmm. this year, right? Maybe with the Big Ten, and I'm certain, certain that Big Twelve people would like to have their their day heard in court uh, for the, for that battle over who is the best conference. What do you make of Tennessee? Thirty-five to one right now uh, to make it all the way and cut down the nets, but seven to one to make the final four. Do they have another run in them like they did this weekend?
2: Tennessee. 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 <laughs> we'll see if they do. They certainly have the defense to do. I yeah. believe they're number two in defensive efficiency in the country. And Rick Barnes is also one of those coaches that I do think gets a bad rap. Yes. He's had a great career, but the one thing he's never done, he's never made a final four in all his time at not only in Tennessee, but at Texas and Clemson Providence mm-hmm. uh, started originally in George Mason back in 1987 before moving on. But This guy is a good coach. He's won the Naismith Coach of the Year before, four-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. So it's just sometimes that's what the tournament is. Sometimes it's luck, and you run into a random draw. You just run into a bad matchup. But... If you look at the Vols, they're as good defensively in the country. I made that comment when they got down to Auburn, kind of an ugly game a couple Saturdays ago. I'm like, man, this Tennessee team really guards you. I mean, they get inside your shorts. They absolutely (laughs) guard you and they guard you hard. And that's why you see that they force so many turnovers. They don't give up a lot at the rim. They're not a team necessarily that overwhelms you athletically. They have two freshman guards that start for this team. And that's the one little concern for Tennessee because I always say senior guard win games in the NCAA tournament. Now, these are very two talent guards in Kennedy Chandler and, of course, the guy Ziegler, the 5'9 spark plug for this team, but are they going to get into a spot where it's like, okay, here comes the pressure time here a little bit, and we're not sure how to deal with it, so... That's what worries me a little bit. But they do have a good senior leader in John Fulkerson down low. Just kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, if you will. Not a very big guy. Probably a guy that's not going to be an NBA player. Probably play overseas in Europe somewhere. But a guy that's a really good leader and a guy that somehow can score around the basket and can't do it really, you know, in an athletic manner. But he's really crafty and he's really shifty and he does some duck-unders, uses the shot fake which mm-hmm. people should do i know i sound like coach knight shot fake <laughs> shot fake shot fake. it works. But they do work because these dudes go up right well you know to try to block it so look this is a tennessee team that i think you know it has youth and some mix of experience and some depth uh, they move the ball pretty well offensively they're not a team that really you know has to go attack off the dribble they try to run some motion get some open shots but they basically win with their defense so This is a team, I think, that is very capable. They're probably, I think, going to be on the three. Maybe they're going to be the surprise, too, if Purdue gets dropped based on uh, the result in the Big Ten tournament against Iowa. But more than likely, I think you're going to see Tennessee on that three line.
3: When you mention Rick Barnes and kind of how he's, you don't want to say nationally disrespected, but maybe just taking a little bit for granted because Mm -hmm. he's never made it to the Final Four. Mm -hmm. I do look at the similarities between Tennessee and what they did in the SEC this weekend and what Iowa just did in the Big Ten with Fran McCaffrey. And I feel like it's almost identical, just two teams coming from different conferences. Now, they get it done very different ways. If you were to trust more the SEC champion or the Big Ten champion going forward at almost the same numbers that we have right now, they they might be subject to change now that they've both won and cut down those nets. Which one would you trust more?
2: Probably the SEC if you're going on recent results because one of the things about Big Ten basketball, and I've been watching that conference my whole (laughs) life, (laughs) Big Ten basketball has kind of become, and it's getting a lot of criticism, and it's actually hurting these schools in recruiting. It's become like tackle basketball, it is refereed very differently. Physical. The Big Ten is a lot more physical of a league, I think, night in and night out than like the ACC or the Pac 12. So you don't get it officiated the same way because now you get different mix of crews. Like you don't get, okay, this is the big 10 crew on this first round game, or this is a conference USA crew. You get a hodgepodge in terms of NCAA tournament games. So you don't get necessarily crews that have worked together probably all season long. So, that's why you get, I think, a lot of variance in the officiating. That's one thing I think that's hurt the Big Ten because uh, Michigan State was like the last to cut down the Nets in the Big Ten 20 years ago. And I think, look, year to le- year, to year, I think the Big Ten's arguably the best league even though I think they fell third this year behind the Big 12 and the SEC. But I think the officiating absolutely plays a role in why these Big Ten teams have not really advanced and have not, you know, gone, you know, some have gone to Final Fours but not won national championships in a long time.
3: I think that's a Fascinating observation because, look, I'm an old Big East guy, and there's only one conference in the history of college basketball that's put three teams in the Final Four.
2: 1985. There it the is. East. Villanova.
3: Second reference we've had to those Villanova Wildcats this this uh, in this show. But to that point, I wonder when some of these leagues now go into the, the biggest dance of all, and they wonder how it's going to be officiated. Because maybe there's a style of play they're accustomed to in the Big Ten. Yes. And then all of a sudden you play some teams out of your conference and it's, it's, well, look, it's not officiated like that in the WCC. Mm-hmm. Now, with that free flowing style that we're going to mm-hmm. see up there. Now, I know St. Mary's doesn't play that way with Randy Bennett, but that does play into the handicapping when you start to look at the individual matchups for certain teams from certain conferences that are used to playing, say, in the Big Ten, kind of bully ball. Right. And then you get into more of an open court where they don't call things as much,
2: I wonder if that's a detriment or a help. And you get these guys in foul trouble, and I've been having this conversation over the last couple days being an Indiana guy, of course, coached by Mike Woodson, and Mike Woodson not the only guy to do this a lot of these coaches very much get stuck in their old patterns here, where if you get a player that gets two fouls, he has to sit on the bench for the mm-hmm. rest of the half. And in the NCAA tournament, if you leave that guy on the bench too long, you are going to be in deep trouble and there's going to be a run the other way. So you have to coach this a little bit differently. And there are sometimes, you know, coaches, I think at the college level, you know, a little bit reluctant to trust players sometimes, but basically, I mean, what you've got to say, it is simple and profound as it sounds. Don't foul. Tell him don't foul. I'm not going to sit you here with two fouls, you know, don't foul. So we're not going to give up a run here. So that's what you worry about. It's kind of that game within the game that you talk about. And you're going to see that in a lot of these matchups that will get announced very shortly. Well,
3: in that Tennessee uh, game against Kentucky, when Toshiwe got the second foul, he did sit kind of old school, and right. their, their offense went away. Exactly. Uh, Musselman away.
2: did the same thing the other day uh, with Arkansas against Texas A&M on Saturday, and they end up losing the game. So don't automatically sit a player with two fouls.
3: All right. Uh, final seconds here as we wrap up before we turn it over for our uh, for our coverage here of the March Madness and the bracket coverage. Uh, is there a team right now, is it, is it zags or busts? Or do you really look and say, no, there's three, four, five teams that can win this game."
2: No, I think there are several teams, and I think Kentucky is one of them. They're probably my best position future. Texas Tech, maybe, defensively, that no middle defense could also make a run.
3: All right, so I cannot wait. Again, uh, Tim Murray and company, they're going to come up here at the top of the hour. Get ready. We're not done by a long shot. The madness is really ready to begin. Thanks for watching. Betting Across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.